everyone. Welcome to the Lymphedema Mavens. I'm Coach Christine, and I'm sitting here with... Miss CJ. Hey, Miss CJ. How's it going? Oh, it's a wonderful, windy day in Las Vegas, Coach. <laughs> yeah, you know windy, that. Yeah. But yesterday, it was 72. It was so beautiful. It was a beautiful day. I just day. Uh, had a great day. Um, you can find uh, Lymphedema Mavens on uh, thecityfm.com, and you can also find us on Twitter at www.twitter.com backslash LD for lymphedema mavens. Um, you can also email me at coachchristine at lymphedemamavens.com. And uh, Miss CJ, do you want to give her some, give you our contact information? Okay, um, you can reach me, uh, Miss CJ, on Twitter at Ms. M-S-C-J-A-Y. I am on Facebook as Miss CJ. My email address is M-S-C-J-A-Y at lymphedemamavens.com. Excellent. We have a guest here in the, uh, a surprise guest who uh, called Chapman to be in town. And she was our original um, uh, physical therapist or, uh, for our uh, lymphedema for both uh, Miss CJ and I. And her name is Bree. And she's here for a couple of days in Las Vegas. And so we're very excited to have her. And I invited her to, to the show this afternoon. Um, I want to thank Million, our producer. He's the one that keeps us straight and on target and uh, on the cutting edge. So, Million, thank you very much for everything you do. Thank you. And I'm going to turn it over to our uh, my co-host, uh, Ms. CJ, and our special guest today, and I'll let her introduce our special guest and her book. All righty then. Thank you, Coach. I just want to do what what is they call a little housekeeping right now. Mm-hmm. I want to just remind folks um, why the lymphedema mavens are on the air and sharing with you our experience of dealing, uh, dealing daily with lymphedema. But I also want to remind you about the Lymphedema Treatment Act. It's a lymphedema treatment act dot org we still need your help if you have not contacted your local uh, congressional representative or your state or your senators please go to www.lymphedematreatmentact.org click on the link that says contact your representative and go ahead and contact them regarding co-sponsoring this very uh, much needed bill and that would be the lymphedema diagnosis and treatment act of 2011 hr 2499 introduced into the 112th congress by uh, representative larry kissel out of north carolina we would also like to congratulate councilman las vegas uh, city councilman steve ross our buddy in the city council on uh winning his uh, recall election yay, yay. that's So happy about that because um, Congressman uh, Councilman, gosh, I want to put him in the Senate. I mean, I just, what is that? Something down the road in the future. Hello, but he likes working very close in the community. But we also want to thank him because he was very instrumental in helping uh, us. get the October 19th, uh, 2011 as a Lymphedema Awareness Day. And the last thing I'd like to do here is thank Cindy Anderson with Juzo um, as a part of the Lymphedema Advocacy Group in our visit to uh, Capitol Hill. Um, we all receive a custom-made compression garments, and I got my sleeve and glove, and I am so happy. Excellent. So thank you very much, Juzo, and thank you very much, Cindy Anderson. Now that I've done all of that, let's get to this wonderful book that was sent to us. It was It's entitled Lymphedema, Sentenced to Life in Bed, But I Escaped by Karen M. Goler. And I certainly hope that I am pronouncing that correctly, Karen. 
Yes, everything was pronounced perfectly. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, the book was given to me by our producer, and I love what you have in here. Stay healthy, stay happy. Um, I'd love for you to tell, um, rather share your story, which is very compelling. I mean, an athletic uh, gymnast who, um, I think you, did you fracture your spine first? Um, no, I- that was long after the lymphedema. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, so my notes are wrong. <laughs> Why don't you do something for us here? Why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, about your experience with lymphedema? Well, to start off, I was a, a gymnastics coach, a fitness trainer, and a business owner. I actually owned a gymnastics facility, gymnastics club, when this all happened. I had a what I thought was a bug bite on my leg. Um, it started to change color and get bigger, and a few people that I knew told me to get it checked. Um, each time my father saw it, he told, told me to get it checked, and one day he just finally started, you know, pretty much screaming, telling me to get it checked. So within about 20 minutes, I had a doctor's appointment because my mother called a friend and asked her who she used as a dermatologist. Um, I went to that dermatologist within a few days, and... By the time I got home from that appointment, I got a phone call saying that I had to go and see this highly respected oncologist at NYU because this was going to be major cancer surgery. Wow. So they removed the melanoma. They re- removed my lymph nodes. Um, I was in the hospital for eight days. And um, before I got to the hospital, before I got to the surgery, sorry, uh, the doctor at NYU and the surgeon and all of the other doctors other doctors told me that I would never work again in my life, that I would be bedridden for the rest of my life. Um, They said, you'll never have a family, you'll never do this, you'll never do that. Um, They pretty much had me so worried, so upset. Um, I can't remember ever being that worried or upset in my life. So then the surgery happened. They were right. My leg was like a tree trunk. It was huge. I was bedridden for a short while. Um, each week got a little bit better. I was able to be driven, you know, places. Uh, once I got there, of course, I elevated my leg. About a month after the surgery, maybe six weeks after the surgery, I went back to my gymnastics facility for the first time. The coaches and parents at first set up a chair in the parents' area, and I was pretty much a spectator in my own gymnastics facility. Then one of the coaches came over and said, let me move your chair over to bars. And um, he walked away, and I pretty much started coaching again six weeks after the surgery, but it wasn't the same um, type of coaching that I did before the surgery because I couldn't stand, I couldn't lift anything. So I it really just, uh, changed my life. If I can just jump in here for a moment and ask you, let's just go back a little bit. And I'm, I'm hearing you, and I'm reading, remembering what I read in the book. You're, you immediately experienced swelling in the affected leg where you had the melanoma, just immediately? Um, yes, because they took my lymph nodes out, so I, I went home from the hospital with my leg uh, oh. pretty much as wide as my waist. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, I know. That's really... Is that, did they say that was normal with that type of surgery? Well, yes, that's why they kept telling me that I would be bedridden for the rest of my life. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this is 20 years ago, right? Right. And so 20 years ago, I mean, what were they talking about as far as lymphedema was concerned? So I'm just so 
like flabbergasted at the fact that they immediately told you that you were going to be bedridden, that right after the surgery, your lymphedema showed up so quickly. It's like, I'm just don't know how to express my thoughts on that, Coach. I know. Mine was, I mean, mine showed up six months afterwards, and my oncologist is shocked because he thought that was so soon. Um, wow. Hers is immediately. Okay. Well, you know, they took and my lymph just... nodes out. They took the entire, you know, all the lymph nodes. Lymph nodes out. Yeah. I have like a twelve-inch scar. Wow. See, they took eleven of mine out. Well, that's the so severity. That's, why... that's the severity of the melanoma. Right. Then, yeah. Right. Oh, right. Wow. For her. Goodness gracious! Wow. And then what a change in her lifestyle. And that I'm mean, here. She's a fitness trainer, gymnast, extremely active. And then it all comes to a screeching halt for her. But she never she never let it stop her. No, I know. No, that's what's amazing. I love it. It's pretty gutsy, right? Yeah, very <laughs> gutsy. You have to be. Because if, well, if you listen to all these healthcare authorities, it, oh, you'd be sitting in a wheelchair in a hospital bed the rest of your life. And that's not true. Right. You have to really right. be your own advocate and do your own thing. Wow. Okay, Karen. Okay. So. I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> that is so true. You do have to be your own advocate. Right. Do your own research. And I know you had a lot of research in the book and a lot of exercises, recommendations of what to do. I, 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 let's take a responsibility for your own healing. We talk about that all the time. I remember doing the same thing when I was diagnosed the last time with breast cancer, not just taking the doctor's word for it, but, you know, going and finding some alternative methods in addition to the things that they prescribe in order to help myself. When we are active in our own healing, it's like we're in control a little bit That's more right. than giving yeah. it off to someone. Karen, we're, we're going to go here into our first break. And on the other side of the break, we'd love for you to share the story on how your book came to be. All right. Okay, good. Okay, folks, thank you very much. You're listening to the Lymphedema Mavens with Coach Christine and me, Ms. CJ, on the CDFM.com. And we'll be right back. I'm Coach Christine, and I'm here with Miss CJ, and we're we have a special guest uh, inside our uh, our studio today. Is our who is our uh, therapist that worked with us and helped uh, Miss CJ and I a lot, and we miss her a lot because she's no longer here, but she happened to be in town. So uh, her name is Bree, and she's you know came to see what we're doing, and then also our special guest and author of Lymphedema: Sentence to Life in Bed, uh, but I Escaped is Karen Goler, and it's an excellent book. She had sent it to our producer, and we both read it, and we're talking to her today about um, her situation and about the book. So I'm going to turn it over again to Miss CJ and uh, Karen. Okay, thank you, Coach. Now, um, what we're going to do here is just bring Bree in on the conversation. Uh, and I, Bree, I'd like for you to ask that uh, uh, question that you asked Karen during the break. I think it's a wonderful thing, and we'd like to share that with the audience. Hi there. Good afternoon again. I was curious, Karen, um, after your surgery, since you knew it was lymphedema, how long it took in order to get proper therapy for the condition? Um, how long was it until you said, okay, i got to do manual lymphatic drainage, get your compression wraps, and do the full course of therapy in order to get your leg back down to a somewhat normal size? Well, actually, on the way home from the hospital, I had to go to a surgical supply store that the hospital recommended. They measured me for my compression stocking, um, and I ended up with a you know a thigh high compression stocking. 
and there really was no therapy other than elevating my leg. Hmm. The doctors told me not to do any form of exercise for an entire year um, because they said if I did exercise too early, I would cause permanent damage. So I waited nine months, and then I just, I couldn't stand it anymore. I did start to lightly exercise. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Was there no, so what I'm hearing is there was no manual lymphatic drainage massage for you, not physical therapy or anything like that, but the manual lymphatic drainage mm-hmm. massage to help reduce the swelling, there was none of that for you? Well, I mean, I did it on my own. I would start at my ankles and, and basically squeeze my leg from the ankle toward my thigh like you're squeezing a tube of toothpaste. Oh, I wow. did that very often, um, but I didn't go to any physical therapist or anything like that for it. Okay. 20 years ago, lymphedema was um, less known than it is now. That's right. so Much true. Less. That's that's very true. And even we- now, a lot of people don't know. I get asked every week, you know, oh, I love your tattoos because I have the <laughs> lymphedema compression sleeves. And sometimes they're, they're skin colored and then they have designs. And then when they're close, they go, oh. I'm like, oh, it's a compression sleeve. And what's that for? And then I, you know, give them the scoop or something like, right. oh, my God. Well, so there's, they a, don't know. there's a huge lymph, and Bree and I were just talking about this. There's a huge lymphedema community out there. Yeah, folks yes. still don't know a, a, a lot about lymphedema. But getting back to you, Karen, you know, wow, what a challenge for you. I mean, that has, and, and the emotion that I picked up in the book was for someone, from someone who had been so active in their lives and have these doctors tell you, as, and if I recall reading, as you're being wheeled into the operating room, that you'll never walk again. And to rebound from all of that, too, you have so much going on that I must commend you and congratulate you on it. But I'd like for you to go ahead and just let us uh, take us into what caused you, what prompted you, rather, to write this wonderful book. Well, it was I had no intention of writing this book. Uh, I was on the National Lymphedema Network website on and off over the past year. I saw one of the patient extraordinaires, basically when they feature a patient and tell the story. Um, then I sent them an email asking if they wanted my story, and they said yes. Now, when you submit your story to them, it's usually 500 words. Mm-hmm. I ended up with 14,440 words, um, which was my story, and it ended up being my book. But before that, I had no intention of writing the book. And um, I realized it was the 20-year anniversary, so I figured I might as well publish it now. It's the perfect time. Wow. Isn't that amazing, Coach? That really is. I'm just, oh, my God, what an accomplishment. And nothing stopped her. And she was a, truly her own advocate. And I'm sure these doctors, I mean, it was, it, I always got the impression how cold they treated her. You know, and you, you know, and I talked care. about that. Yeah. It's just, how could a doctor, you're being wheeled into surgery, you're going to be put under and say something so negative to you when we all we all know that positive thinking going into surgery is has a lot to do with your with your coming out of it or how you feel or, or something like that. But to put something like that, I mean, that was one of the big things that's jumped out I know, at me that, you in know, that, that book. Me too. And, and then to cruel. say that to her when right. they know what, exactly what her career is, her her uh, her lifestyle. She's wow. a fitness trainer, a gymnast. You know, that's she's practiced that for all her life, and that's what she does, and she helps other people with that. And then wow. to say, oh, by the way, you're not going to walk again. You're going to have a freaky-looking leg, so get get over it. Oh, my. Well, they didn't say those exact words, but, you know. <laughs> Mine as well have. Mine as well have. <laughs> well, right. so share with us where you are today with your lymphedema. Um, uh, you know, like I could say I've been to your website. You have a lot of things going on for you. Just bring us up to date on what's going on with you. 
Well, I still wear the compression stocking, especially on days that I'm coaching or, or, or that I know I'm going to stand. So right now I have a thigh high on. Um, I wear it. Sometimes I only wear the knee high if I'm going to have a, a normal day at home where it's my day off and I'm really not going to do too much standing. But I still do wear the compression stocking. I use an elliptical machine and a recumbent bike to keep the circulation going and the swelling down. I sleep with my leg elevated on two pillows every night. And pretty much whenever I'm on my computer or watching TV or anything like that, my legs are elevated. <clears throat> Have you changed your diet or any of those other things that you did when you were even more active as far as the gymnastic things are concerned? Not really. I've always tried to eat as healthy as possible. Um, so that really didn't change very much other than the fact that I don't, I don't eat any dairy anymore. Now I'm drinking almond milk. and um, But really, everything else is pretty much the same as it's been for the past 20 years. I've always been into nutrition. Oh, that's Made Brie happy. She likes that because she follows that, too. She's always telling me, you need to do this. You need to go over to Trader Joe's and get that. You need to get the Ezekiel bread from Whole Foods. And I'm like, wow. oh, my God, let me make a list here. So when, when Karen said that, Brie just lit up like, oh, I wish these two would list do that. Am I, oh. am I on here? Yes, yeah. you are. Okay, what I love about it, though, is actually I'd read another book about lymphedema that okay. one of my patients had uh, presented to me and had talked about, you know, the hormones and regular milk and how that, you know, especially as lymphedema patients, you guys really need to be aware of what you're putting into your bodies and, you know, eliminate as much toxins, you know, from your system so that your lymphatic system can, you know, hopefully flow a little bit easier. So even though my lymphatic system is healthy, like I switched over to almond milk, you know, Mm -hmm. I always try to kind of practice what I preach. You know, I'm telling my patients, this, these are the types of things you should be eating to help your lymphatic system. These are the types of products, you know, you should be using on your skin because everything is absorbed into your system. So I really just, I mean, Working with lymphedema patients has made me a much healthier person because I'm not, you know, using all the same things I tell you guys not to use. So I think right. it's great no, to hear that. For us. Yeah, right. so Thank I try you. To be. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that you're, you know, still on a good track wow. there. Karen. Well, Karen, that your story is is a very compelling story, and I'm wondering if there's another book as far as lymphedema is concerned. Are you considering writing another book, or is this is this is this it for you? And how well are your sales going? Um, I'm not planning on writing another lymphedema book right now. Uh, usually I don't write books back-to-back like that, unless it's a series of swing set fitness books or something. Okay. But I, I'm sure I'll write other books in the future. I just don't have one planned right now. Oh, all right. <laughs> I liked all the tips that you had about you, know, you got into the different exercises, and that, particularly for people who had lymphedema in their lower part of their bodies and stuff. And I thought, well, I wish they'd, you know, she'd have a book that had everything covered, the arms or whatever, because uh, people have it, a lot of people have it in their arms too. And, I mean, other than basic, you know, keeping our, our arms elevated and things like that in the compression sleeve, you know, it was nice to see in writing uh, about her, all her recommendations. And we heard it from Bree, but to see it in a book too, that she's experiencing it and what to do with it. Oh, we're coming down to one minute now. So <laughs> is there any last minute uh, information or advice you want to say, Karen? Um, no, not right now. I mean, I just hope that people with lymphedema remember that nutrition plays a huge role. And daily maintenance plays a huge role. A lot of people, a woman from Alaska emailed me last night asking what to do, but I realized she's getting the swelling down and then going back to her old life instead of maintaining it day to day. 
a lot of people just need to realize they have to maintain it every single day. That's so true. Yep. <laughs> I can attest to that. Well, Karen, we are so grateful and thank you very much for um, sharing your story with us. And hopefully we'll have you back on again. Thank you so much. It was, right. it was a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Lymphedema Mavens with Coach Christina Mee, uh, Miss CJ and Bree. Uh, and uh, this is on the cityfm.com and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Lymphedema Mavens. I'm Coach Christina, and I'm here with Miss CJ. And uh, we're, we have a, a third guest uh, on our show today. And um, I'll leave Miss CJ uh, introduce her. But I just wanted to remind everyone: if you're looking for Lymphedema Mavens, you can find us on thecityfm.com. Uh, thanks to our wonderful producer, Million. And also, we're set up on Twitter at www.twitter.com backslash LD for Lymphedema Mavens. Uh, okay, and I'm going to turn it over to Miss CJ. All righty then. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Million. You're such a great producer. He is. Right? Okay. Who tried to knock me in the mouth with the microphone, <laughs> but it's all good. I didn't say that. Okay. All right. So this is the this is the new segment that we we instituted, and this is our community outreach segment, and we'll have various people on talking about their products, services, and what they're doing in the community in lymphatic community and breast cancer uh, community. And today we have Jacqueline Lou Skaggs with Rhea Bell Bell Apparel in New York online. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, no, we're so happy to have you. And thank you for contacting us on Twitter. How cool is that, Coach? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I really started to believe in social networking when we touch base. <laughs> oh, yes, I make it work. I, I'm all over the place as far as social yeah, yeah. is concerned. <laughs> I um, went ahead and looked at your um, your clothing line, which I absolutely love. I have a couple of pieces that are my favorites. But I'd like for you to go ahead and share with our audience uh, about Rehabil Apparels how it came into fruition, and your own uh, story, if you will, about surviving breast cancer. Oh, sure. Well, um, before I started the clothing line, I certainly never uh, described myself as a fashionista. So once I got the concept going, I sort of started looking at it as more of a utilitarian effort uh, more than anything. But um, in 2004, I was diagnosed with my second diagnosis of um, breast cancer and I sort of knew a mastectomy was in order because um, in my first diagnosis I had radiation so um, and the idea of reconstruction surgery was sort of not even on my radar it just didn't fit into my my body politics and my ideology of how I wanted to move forward Um, so um, and I felt like I didn't want to run from um, the laws of normal so I knew that I just wanted to, um, I, that I needed a, an apparel line that would uh, sort of acclimate my new architecture into the world in a way that I, I could describe it as normal or fitting and feel confident about it. Um, this was after sort of looking around and Googling the terms post-mastectomy wear and 
of course, all of it was almost the opposite of what I was looking for. So um, I just sort of opened my closet one day, and this was because I had taken a few weeks off to go um, to have my surgery and everything, and I had to get back to work. And and putting my clothes on and trying to figure out what worked best, I really realized that my wardrobe no longer belonged to me. Um, I became acutely aware of what certain fabrics did and what certain fabrics didn't and do. And it wasn't that I wanted to camouflage my my body the way it was. I just knew that I didn't want to be in clothing that clearly didn't uh, complement it. So I literally started cutting clothes up, uh, moving buttons and ruffles and sweaters that were just sort of basic pullover sweaters. I started cutting into cardigans just to add sort of an asymmetrical balance to things. Um, I'm, a, I'm a painter, so I think that's sort of where my my approach to the apparel came from, just sort of having this innate relationship with composition and how you deal with um, visual beauty. And I don't mean in terms of, um, like, aesthetics, but just in terms of how your eye um, approves of things in the world. And, um, wow. and then one day I... Does that make sense? Of course, I'm thinking artistic flair is what is popping into my head here. Yeah, wow, yeah. Goodness. Yeah, I don't know if I hadn't come from this, you know, I'm grateful that I had this sort of um, uh, creative mind to go here, to go to this apparel, because it, it wasn't, um, it certainly wasn't logic, because all the logic was telling me that I needed to deal with my body differently <laughs> than the way I had chosen, because it's... Um, you know, that's sort of where the name of the apparel line came from. Uh, rebel is really a play on the word rebel wow. uh, or rebel. And so I actually say it's rebel apparel I, um, because I tried it in realizing that I really wanted to take this clothing another level and and offer it to other women. I was trying to come up with a name for it. And I finally decided just call it what it is. It's a rebellion against the other options. And I felt like the option I was looking at wasn't really, it didn't have um, a voice. It didn't have um, a soapbox, <laughs> so to speak. So I just kind of stuck with rebel because, um, and I thought the way I spelled it, looking like rebel, uh, gave it sort of a fashionista flair to it. So Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love all of it. I, I, I really do. Now, I know that uh, um, that you don't have a catalog. No, I don't. Everything is just online. Okay, and I also noticed when I looked online that um, you haven't posted anything new. You have a new line coming out in the spring. Yes. Oh, yes. that's wonderful. I tell you, I, like I said, there's a couple of pieces on there I really like. And there's a little off the shoulder oh, little number. Oh, <laughs> drop me an email and let me know what those pieces are. <laughs> oh, I, I, I certainly will. Now, you're well known in, in the breast cancer uh uh, community, and you've been on, I believe you've been on television and on the radio and in yeah. print. And it sounds to me like your rebel is a part of you becoming your own advocate for women who have chosen not to have reconstructive surgery. Yeah. And yeah. you and I, I spoke about that. Yes. And the thing is, it's like I, I was a real uh, dedicated blogger. Um, uh, for like three or four years. And once I started blogging and created a website, women just 
I really felt less like I was on an island. You know, it really opened up, and it made me realize that there's a need for this apparel, or at least this approach to our bodies, but not everyone has sort of like the creative outlet to think outside the box. That's sort of what is my impetus. It's like, I hate to call this clothing line a mission, but I certainly want, until the day comes where I'm not, I don't feel like I'm the only one creating this market. Wow. I really feel like I need to keep nurturing it because I, I can't, I kid you not, I get some of the most amazing letters from women tell me that, oh, I just discovered your clothing. Um, it's really made me confident in my body the way it is. I had no idea. Um, I've gotten emails from women who've had reconstruction, and they just, they thought I'd never, it never even dawned on me not to have it because reconstruction is kind of treated like part of the treatment, part of the process, and once it's introduced, it just seems like the norm, and, you know, a diagnosis is a very traumatic thing, and it's to have all these decisions on your plate, um, it's it's not like you're addressing your body politics and no. your ideologies, and it's just overwhelming. And so um, I just thought it was important at least to get this concept in on the radar. And um, I remember I got this really amazing letter from this woman who had no breast cancer experience or anything, but she was like, oh, my gosh, if it's ever on my plate, I now know that I don't have to be forced into this and I don't have to fear this third option, you know, it kind of made her aware that of sort of like this third possibility. So you are a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I well, love it. I think I get it from my mother. My mother is very creative, and she really gave her voice power. And um, and I, yeah, so I think I, I get it from her. So why don't you, if you will, share with our audience how to give them your website, any information yeah. that you like to put out there. Oh, Go yeah, ahead yeah. and do it now. Okay, the website is www.rebelapparel.com, and that's R-H-E-A-B-E-L-L-E, apparel, A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. I'm almost on, I'm also on Facebook. I have a page, a Rebel Apparel page, so, um, you know, likes are always fun. And um, I, I can also be followed on Twitter. Um, I'm at rebel underscore now. Um, and if you want any information or if you want to be on my email, uh, if you're interested in the new apparel line and would like a note uh, letting you know when things are back in the store, um, I can be reached at info at rebelapparel.com. Again, that's um, R-H-E-A-B-E-L-L-E, apparel, A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Oh, Jacqueline, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your product with the Lymphedema Mavens. Oh, that was wonderful. Do you have a physical store, or is it your your online? You know, I visualize. I'm not quite there yet. You know, okay. bear in mind, I am Rebel Apparel. I market, I sew, I I do it all. That's wonderful. <laughs> so, <God. laughs> uh, my vision is this little boutique um, that... Um, it's just full of rebel apparel, and um, I would love that. the idea of a boutique so women can start shopping outside of those hospital boutiques and whatnot. Yep. And, oh, um, just toss that out into the universe and let it happen. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great resource. This is great. Right. Our first uh, community outreach uh, segment, and we definitely have to have uh, uh, you again. We'd love to hear from you again, Jacqueline, and just update everybody uh, oh, on yes, all of the resources do. that are out there. You know, I was thinking, oh. uh, when I... Uh, 
was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and I saw the surgeon, he never even said to me about reconstructive surgery. Really? He oh, never wow. even, yeah. And he, what he said is, I don't know how you feel about your breast, if, like, if that's a big thing for you or not, but it's the, the gold standard is a mastectomy. Otherwise, it's a lumpectomy, but the probability of re, you know, having it. And so that's why I was thinking that while well, the show, I thought, you know, I never even was even given a choice. Really? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I, on my first surgery, when I was 30, and that was back in the 70s, and um, the, the thought of reconstructive surgery terrified me. Because mm-hmm. the the matter of fact way that the plastic surgeon oh, described it to oh, me, yeah. and yeah. so I went fourteen years without reconstructive surgery, and then having breast cancer diagnosis the second time around, they just automatically said, "This is what we're going to do for you." And you know, there's a lot of emotion tied up in that. I just said, yeah. "Go ahead, do it." And mm-hmm. Victoria Principal's husband did my surgery, and wow. You, oh, wow, you know, right? But then again, you know, last year I had another right. surgery. Uh, both of my implants deflated. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Takes me back to square one. Yeah. So, yeah. wow, yeah. you know what? I wish I'd known about your product then, but it's all good. Everything yeah. happens in divine order. I'm really happy exactly. about this, Jacqueline. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, and uh, we hope to have you on the show again. Okay, Jacqueline? Oh, that would be awesome, and I appreciate being on your show and just to have this larger community, you know, to um, access. I really, really appreciate it, so thank you. You're welcome, and we'll see you on Twitter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to the Lymphedema Mavens with Coach Christine and me, Miss CJ. Uh, we want to remind you again to contact www.lymphedematreatmentact.org and contact your congressional representatives about the Lymphedema Treatment Act. We'll see you next time around. Thank you and God bless you.